Hey guys, it's Rachel, and I hope that this finds you having a fantastic day. I honestly, I'm pretty tired right now. I am recording this in pajamas. I'm probably going to take a nap uh, because it was a very intense week. I just wrapped up another round of filming for the Rachel Hollis show on Quibi. If you haven't ever seen that show before, it is every single episode has a teaching element and then a lifestyle element where like I cook or I do a craft or I do a DIY. And that means that each and every daily episode is really intense to pull off, especially in this world we live in, where we have to take extreme precaution to make sure that everybody can be in production in a way that's safe. So I have been thinking a lot about what it has required of me physically to be able to pull off a shoot like this and to be able to do it in a world where I have four children who are doing distance learning and a company to run and so many things counting on me. And I was thinking the other day that a decade ago, there is no way that I could have pulled this off. I mean, I've been dreaming about something like this for 15, if not 20 years, truly. But there is no way that me 10 years back would have had the stamina, would have had the energy, would have had the motivation, frankly, to do something at this scale. So much has changed about who I am and how I live my life to get me to the place that I am today. And one of the biggest parts of that is my lifestyle, that I have a lifestyle today that is the polar opposite of the one from back then. I am so much more intentional about my nutrition, about moving my body, about gratitude practice and prayer and taking time for rest. And those are things I really didn't understand back then. So I thought that I would share with you today something that I made for the people who are attending the RISE conference. I made this video that was the seven things that I did to get healthy and not one of them was a diet. That's what you need to hear right now. Not one of the things that I am about to share is diet related. There is no like fancy pill. I don't have anything to sell you. These are just some things that I did that fully changed my health, that made it possible for me to approach my health from a place of loving myself enough to want to take care of me. And I talk to y'all a lot about eating foods that bless your body and making sure that you're drinking your water and making sure that you're moving every day. That is not because I think that you need to look a certain way. But it is because I know that when we take care of our health, we feel a certain way. We feel better. We have more energy. We have more motivation. We are happier. We are calmer. Like all of the things improve when you're taking care of your health. So if you're curious how I got healthy, not just physically, but emotionally and mentally as well, then this is something that you can listen to that I hope will be helpful for you today. I'm Rachel Hollis, and I've built a multi-million dollar media company with a high school diploma and the free information I found on the internet. 
In the 15 years that I've been building and scaling my company, I have become deeply passionate about helping other entrepreneurs to do the same. So each week, I'll be sharing tangible and tactical advice and inspiring interviews with the same intention. These are the tools to change your life and your business. This is The Rise Podcast. So for the longest time, as far back as I can remember, and certainly it goes generations into the past, health has always been defined as the way you look, right? That is the image that people show us constantly. The diet industry, the fitness industry, everybody shows us images of this idealized body and tells us that that is what healthy is. I don't think that health should be about how we look. I think that health should be about how we feel. How do you feel? Do you have enough energy to live the life you want to live? Do you have clarity and focus so that you can pursue your dreams with passion and energy? Or are you getting brain fog in the afternoon and feeling tired and then slamming caffeine to wake yourself back up? Do you have the physicality that you want to have? Are you able to move the way that you want to? Are you mentally healthy? Are you emotionally healthy? Health should be a feeling. It should not be six-pack abs. It should not be a perfectly round, tight booty. It should not be dimples in the arms. It should not be those things. It should start first and foremost with the fact that this body is a gift in whatever form. In whatever function your body has, it is a gift. And we should want to be healthy as a celebration of the fact that we have this body. And we get one single chance to do this life. So why don't we do it to the fullest of our ability? And the only way that I know of to fully live your life is that you have to take care of this body that you have been given. So that is my definition of health. But I should tell you, It took me a long time to learn that. So this is me about 12 years ago. And I, and I mentioned the time because that's also something that I want to tell you here right now. I don't believe that there's a quick fix. I don't believe that you can take a shortcut. I don't have a magic pill. I don't have a potion. I don't have anything to sell you that says, if you do this one thing, then tomorrow you'll wake up and you'll look like that person that you admire on Instagram. My health has been a journey. And every single person that I know of who has gotten healthy, theirs was a journey too. And it's a journey that continues to evolve. So let's start right there. I believe that health is about how you feel. And I believe that it's something that we pursue every single day for the rest of our lives. If you want to create lasting change, that's going to take a series of habits and routines and commitments that will take a while to establish. So those are the rules right up front. And now I'll tell you what that journey looked like for me. Specifically, seven things that I did that helped me get from there to here and not one of them was a diet. Okay, in no particular order, the first thing that helped me to get healthy was a physical challenge, okay? Not like double dare, also. Anyone else 37 and no would have talked, never mind, okay. Like seven of you got my joke and the rest think I'm weird. That's fine, I am kind of weird. 
So a physical challenge is the first thing that I can think of back in the day after having kids that I did that really changed my perception of health and more specifically changed my perception of my body. I was not an athletic child, not Oh Lord, not even close. Um, I tried, I, I tried to do sports, but that was mostly because I wanted the community and I wanted the friendship of a sports team, but I'm not necessarily athletically gifted in any way. And I hated running, hated it. Like times 1000 hated running. And I never ever would have thought of myself as a runner. But at the time, my husband decided to sign up for a half marathon. And I was very, very pregnant at the time. And first of all, I feel like it's just rude if you have a partner who's very, very pregnant and is basically waddling around the world that you're like, oh, I'm just gonna get into sick shape and run a half marathon. So while I was at my most physically uncomfortable, I watched him pursue this thing for himself for the first time ever. And I was so inspired. And I thought, I'm gonna try that. After I have this baby and I'm feeling more like myself, I'm gonna sign up for a half marathon, which was insane because I cannot express to you how much I could not, like I couldn't even jog like a quarter mile. The idea of running a half was wild. But there was something about signing up. There was something about challenging myself physically. There was something about like, dude, even if you have to walk this thing, you'll still be proud of yourself for trying. So I did it. And I, I always tell the story to people who are considering getting into running that you challenge yourself to do something big, but you start with something small. So you start with, can I run half a mile without throwing up, right? Can I run a quarter mile without um, getting super winded. Like you challenge yourself to do what you can do and then push yourself a little bit further. So I built up my stamina in increments and to prep for the half, I decided to run a 5K. And I remember at the time 5K, which is like a little over three miles, felt, I thought I was just gonna die. But when I got to the end, I number one, I didn't die. And number two, I was so proud of myself because I could not believe that my body did this thing. And that 5K, honestly, it wasn't even signing up for the half. It was finishing that 5K, showed me that my body was capable of more than I knew. And just that, that, that switch, right? Like just that click in my brain of like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. If my body can run five kilometers and I didn't know that, what else can it do? And that what else, that question of possibly there being something more was incredibly powerful for me. And I used that question, I used that excitement to run a 10K and finally my first half. But to this day, I've run, gosh, 15 half marathons. I've run a full marathon. I do a long run every single weekend. So on the weekend, I'm doing 10 miles, which feels crazy because there was a time in my life where I couldn't walk a half a mile. So for it to be a regular part of my routine to go do 10 miles on the weekend feels like the polar opposite of who I was. And the truth is, I am 
the opposite of who I was when it comes to my health. I take incredible care of my body, and that's not something that I did back in the day. But I will tell you that that first thing, a physical challenge, and, and whatever that looks like for you, right? It doesn't have to be a half marathon. It can be something different. But that first physical challenge showed me that I was something different than I thought that I was. It shattered the limiting beliefs I had about myself. And on that new piece of information, I slowly stacked, right? I stacked up habits and routines on this one new piece of information that would eventually lead me to where I am today. So the second thing that was a huge deal for me was establishing habits and routines. If I look at me back in the day versus me today, the biggest difference in my life, bar none, is that today my entire life is built around great habits and routines, and back in the day I didn't have any. Or that's not true, I had routines, but they were terrible. I had the routine that every Saturday I was gonna lay in bed all day long and binge watch TV. I had the routine that when I was stressed, I would go get fast food to make myself feel better. I had routines, but they weren't good ones. Habits and routines really started for me with a morning routine. Um, I kept reading information about how the highest achievers, the CEOs that I admired, the, the people that I loved, like they all had these really great morning routines. And so I started with my own. And from that, I was able to build and kind of tweak and figure out what works for me. I actually talked about habits a ton in my book, Girl Stop Apologizing. So if you want to take a deeper dive, go get that from your library. You don't even have to buy it. But that was a huge deal. If you can have a routine in your life that is so normal to you that you don't even think about it, like the example I always use is brushing your teeth. Most people don't have to consider brushing their teeth. They just do it at the same time every day, hopefully twice a day. But for me, I needed some routines for my health that were as normal for me, as regular for me as brushing my teeth. So by establishing those things into my daily life, even when things get hard, even when we're inside of a quarantine, even when the world is upside down, my routines keep me right side up. The third thing that was a huge deal for me is that I learned to focus on my progress, not theirs. Let me say it again. I learned to focus on my progress, not theirs. So this thing happens, this sort of, crappy thing happens when most people decide to pursue their health is that they look at other people that they think of as healthy or fit or that they admire, right? You go start following people on social media, you go talk to your cousin because she's really healthy, like you start to sort of consume other people who are on a health journey. And if you have a really strong sense of self and super high confidence when it comes to your health and your body, then that's great. You're surrounding yourself with other people who are speaking a similar language to you. But if you're in a health journey and you aren't as confident in your decisions in health or your body or your ability to move, then one of the most dangerous things would be to start to consume other people who are further along than you. Like if seeing other people's journey further along motivates you, fantastic. But if you find yourself going and consuming that and it makes you feel less than, it makes you feel unmotivated, it makes you feel like, oh man, 
she's doing so great and I'm still really struggling, then stop consuming that. Focus on your progress. Comparison, comparison. When you compare yourself to them, comparison robs you of your momentum. It takes away everything that you were just doing for yourself and puts the energy outside of you, right? You need to focus on your progress. Hey, last week you could only walk half a mile and this week you jogged a quarter mile and you walked half a mile so you actually are improving. You focus on your progress. There's an old expression that says, a 15-minute mile and a 7-minute mile are the exact same distance. It doesn't matter if she can do it faster. It doesn't matter if he can do more reps. It doesn't matter what they're doing. The only person that you are trying to be better than is who you were yesterday. So focus on your progress, not their progress, and you will feel so much more confident and you will see so much more traction when you're not comparing your life to theirs. Okay, the next thing is kind of funny, but when I looked at my list, I was like, no, this actually did make a big difference in my life, and that was having a green smoothie every single day. Okay, if y'all have hung out with me at all, you know the green smoothie is a huge part of my life. I've talked about it for years, but it's not the smoothie. And that's what we have to start right there. It's not the green smoothie. It's the habit of the green smoothie. So like many people, several years back, I kept seeing people have green juice or green smoothies. And I was like, what is this? And I sort of wanted to try it out. And it always looks so pretty in everyone's Instagram photos. And so I got a recipe. I like started following Kelly Levesque, who is one of our speakers at conference and still a very good friend. Uh, so I started following Kelly and then I got her recipe and I was like, oh my gosh, look at me go. I'm about to be an Instagram, you know, green smoothie girl. And I made the green smoothie and it was disgusting. I mean, it's the number one question I get. People are like, do you like the taste of that smoothie? No, no, I hate the taste of the green smoothie. My green smoothie is not exciting at all. It's almond milk, almond butter, spinach, hemp, flax, protein powder. That's it, same thing every day. Not delicious at all. But having that smoothie was the first time, hear me, it was the first time that I saw food as fuel. Okay, it was the first time that I consciously started to bring something into my eating routine that was really just about serving my body things that were really a blessing for it. So my friends and I say this all the time, that we wanna eat foods that bless our body. We wanna eat things that are good for us. And that green smoothie like flipped something in my brain to where I started to understand that I needed to make decisions not just about what tasted good, but also about what was good for me. And believe me, your girl still loves some spicy corn dip. I never met guacamole I didn't love. Like, give me all the baskets of chips. I still enjoy my life. I still absolutely enjoy food. But I really do look at the bulk of what I take in as fuel, not comfort. I was watching Oprah years ago, and do y'all remember when Bob Green was always on Oprah? I always hope that whoever's watching this is my age, because otherwise, if you're like 20, you're like, what is this girl talking about? So Bob Green was on Oprah, and if you know, you know. 
And he was asking, they were talking about health or weight loss or something, and he was asking this group of people, what is food to you? What is food to you? And he went one person after another, and each person said different things. Someone said, food is fun. Someone said, food is the enemy. Someone said, food is, like, what, what is food to you? Asking yourself that question can be really powerful in learning, how do you see this thing? For me, I would say that food was fun. I would say that food was my comfort. But even just identifying it, those two things, sets me up to receive that in the wrong way. By shifting it in my brain, food is fuel. And this fuel has the ability to give me energy, to give me life, to make me feel good, or it has the ability to make me feel sick to my stomach. I really didn't understand about intuitive eating, which is when you're paying attention to the things that you consume and how they make your body feel. I grew up in a family where, you know, my family's Southern. We deep fried it. We covered it in white gravy. We, you know, had fried potatoes on the side. Like we ate garbage. That was our culture. We absolutely ate garbage. And if after you ate, you felt sick to your stomach or you felt too full or you had back pain or all of this stuff, it never occurred to any of us that that was related to the food we were eating. When I learned to start to approach food as fuel with the occasional indulgence, it has made the biggest difference in my life about how I feel. And I'll just tell you too, because there's all sorts of different reasons that people pursue health, but nothing, I don't know how this is going to sound, but Literally, there is nothing I care about more when it comes to health than energy and my ability to focus. My work life is incredibly taxing. I am the CEO of my company. I have 60 employees. Beyond that, I am writing books or promoting books or doing a podcast. All of these things that you see this output in the world requires incredible energy, incredible energy. And I'm still not in a place where, I, like, I don't know if this is even a thing, but I think I always thought that when I got here that, like, other people would do these things, and it's still me. Like, y'all, I'm still doing the videos for you. I'm still writing the books. I'm still recording the podcast. I'm still in meetings all day. And I have four children, and they don't care that mommy had a long day. My kids need me to be ready to be the best mom that I know how to be. So energy and focus are most important to me all day long. I do not care what is going on with my gut. I care what is going on with my brain. And so I've learned to eat intuitively to make sure that I have the energy that I need and the ability to focus all day long. And that started when I began to look at food as fuel. Okay, the next one that I really want you to think about as you are on your health journey is editing your media. So I talked about this a little bit earlier, this idea of comparison. But in this instance, it's not even like the people that you know, it's who are you consuming on social media that you don't know, but there's something about the way that they look that really appeals to you. Now, again, if you are killing it with confidence, if you feel like seeing other people is so motivating and inspiring, you do you. But if you go on social media and end up losing your momentum, if you end up feeling worse about yourself, if you compare your body, your clothes, your makeup, your hair to the people that you are consuming, 
Stop consuming that. Nobody is forcing you to follow the Kardashians, right? Nobody is telling you that you have to pay attention to what the girls from eighth grade are still doing and you're gonna What are you doing? If you are going into situations that leave you feeling worse about yourself, stop going into those situations. Look, I wish that we were all in a place where we had all the confidence in the world and we could consume anything and it didn't hurt us. But even I have had to unfollow people that I admire because I can't see their bodies without like that insidious voice in the back of my head telling me like, oh, you know, Jennifer Aniston's older than you and like, look at her body. She's like, if that stuff even pops into my thought process, I have to stop consuming it because I need to fill my heart, my spirit, my head with things that feed me and that are good for me. And so I have to be very thoughtful about what it is that I consume. So my advice is whatever your favorite social platform is, if you are on social platform, go open up that platform and literally scroll through every single person that you follow. And if you see someone that you follow and it gives you a negative feeling, just unfollow. If it's your sister, just mute. She's never going to know that you muted her feed. But for you to be able to consume only things that lift you up, that inspire you, that make you feel good about yourself is so powerful because when we are confident in ourselves, when we are confident in today, we are so much more likely to pursue tomorrow with energy and joy. So pay attention to what you consume. Okay, the next thing that I wanna talk about that was a huge deal for me was finding fitness that I love. Finding fitness that I love. Again, when we look outside ourselves, when we look at other people who have gone on a health journey and we're confused, we tend to just do whatever we've seen someone else do. So if you saw other people running and you're like, well, that's how I'm going to get physically healthy, but you literally hate every single second of running, you're never going to keep doing that. When we are pursuing health, we want to make choices that we can do consistently forever and ever. Amen. We are not looking for a quick fix. We are not trying to get in shape for summertime or for our cousin's wedding. We are trying to make choices that we can make every day for the rest of our lives. And if you hate the fitness that you are pursuing, you won't keep doing it. Personal development, personal growth is supposed to be personal to you. So you need to ask yourself, what do you enjoy? Are you a yoga person? Are you a runner? Are you someone who likes a boot camp because you need someone like screaming at you to make you do burpees or whatever? Do you want to sign up for a Tough Mudder? Do you want to do in-studio workouts? Do you want to try cycling? Like, do you want to do tap dancing, ballet? All you need to do is move your body for 30 minutes every day. But how that movement shows up is so dependent on you. How do you like to move? If you ask yourself that question, and for me, it looks like three or four different things that I do on the regular. I run long distance, I do Pilates, I do strength training, and I dance. Those are the four things that I do every once in a while. Well, back 
before the world turned. I also really liked indoor cycling. But uh, depending on the season, I will change up what my movement is. And during the week, I'll try a few different things so I don't get bored. But for the most part, I stick to the handful of things that I know I really love. And if you can identify one or two that you really love, you are so much more likely to stick with them. Okay, last thing. I learned to love my body and not my idealized body and not the body that I wanted to have in the future. I learned to love my body as it was and as it is every single day. And I know that's the kind of thing you sort of like roll your eyes, like I sound a bit like a hippie, but I really believe that we can pursue optimum health and the world tells us, like, if this is optimum health, the world tells us to go on this route, which is hate yourself. If you just hate yourself enough, if you just shame yourself enough, if you just loathe your body enough, then you'll run. Then you'll eat the chicken breast. Then you'll do these things. If you can just hate who you are enough, then you'll get to optimum health. But I call BS. I don't think it is possible to shame yourself healthy because honestly, even if you get to the place where other people admire your body, you've done it through shame, which means what's going on inside of you is jacked up. I think it is possible to love yourself to health. Like you're going to the same place, but instead of going down here, like Michelle Obama said, when they go low, we go high, we go high. We pursue the route that tells us that we're beautiful and worthy and enough, that asks us to move our body in celebration of the fact that we can, that asks us to eat food that fuels us because we wanna have the energy to live life on our terms. You can love yourself to health, but it starts with loving who you are today. And it sounds so lame, but I started by looking in the mirror naked. Years ago, oh my gosh, years ago at least a decade. Um, I was walking by the mirror after I got out of the shower and my first reaction when I saw my body was hateful. I'm sure like many of you, I was saying awful things to myself in my head of all the things that I saw and everything that was wrong with me. And one day I was just like, stop. I don't wanna be this person. I don't wanna be this woman. I don't wanna raise my children to have this sort of thing going on in the back of their minds. And if I don't get a hold of this for myself, then I will absolutely give it to them. And so I stood in the mirror in all my naked, stretch mark, sagginess glory, and I forced myself to find one thing on my body I thought was beautiful. And that first time, I was like, it took a minute, you know, it was not fast. But I finally was like, oh, I love my eyes. I love my eyes. My eyes are hazel. I think they're beautiful. I sort of just like cataloged all the things that I loved about my eyes. And the next day, I was like, all right, what else? And that time took even longer because I couldn't find things that I thought were beautiful. And I swear to you, I was like, well, my elbow, my elbow looks good. It was like the only thing on my body, it was so ridiculous. But every day I would stand there and I would force myself to find beauty in the body that was. And in doing that, I learned to see those stretch marks as a gift. 
I learned to see my legs not as thighs that were too big, but as these beautiful things that had held me up, that had helped me walk, that had helped me run, that had helped me to move through my life. I was able to see my arms not as, you know, saggy skin, but as the arms that had held my babies, these hands with their age spots, I was able to see the hands that had made dinners for my family and taken care of my children and written all of my books. I was able to start to see beauty in every single part of my body. And when I forced myself to find beauty, I began to find love. And man, I know it's hard. I know that the world has told you to believe something about yourself, that the world has shown you images, that the world has given you shame, that the world has shoved 27 different diets in your face and not one of them worked and that only added to shame and guilt. I know. But I'm here to tell you that you are worthy and you are loved and you are enough and you are beautiful. Yes, you are beautiful. And if you can learn to find that beauty in yourself, if you can learn to accept what is today, it makes you curious about what tomorrow can be. See, I think that something magical happens when we learn to love ourselves. It makes us want to see who else we can be. It makes us want to pursue something more. Because when you know what you're capable of, like that first time when I did the 5K, suddenly I realized there were layers of myself that even I didn't know. But it starts with loving yourself enough to try. Okay, you guys, I hope that those ideas were helpful. I hope they give you something to think about as you pursue this health journey. And I hope that you will consider joining us for Rise Live Health going to be awesome. Our speaker lineup is incredible and we've done this before so I can tell you confidently that it will bless your day. It will bless your life. It will motivate you. It will give you that shot of adrenaline and motivation that you have been looking for. So I hope that you will join us for something special. And even if you don't, I hope that you will remember that you are loved. <laughs>